Hi, this is John with another episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, mysterious, and creepy in the Midwest. I'm so blessed to have so many great guests, and it continues. I have Sarah from Paranormal in Pennsylvania. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited. Yes. And again, people, just to let you know, uh, I listen to all my guest podcasts. Sarah does an am- and her team do an amazing job. Please check it out. I will put all the links and everything in this episode to Sarah's podcast. And please check it out. Uh, like I always like to tell our guests, we're like a little coven here. <laughs> so we always like to support one another and make sure that we get the spookiness, right? It's October. Yes. Spooky power. So, Sarah, tell me a little bit about yourself and what interests you in the paranormal. So ever since I was little, I've had a weird fascination. I mean, to other people, weird. I guess speaking to someone like you, you don't think it's weird. Um, But a fascination with ghosts and stuff like that. I've always loved it. I was looking up like how to interact with ghosts when I was in elementary school, much to my parents' dismay. My mom always Mm. said I couldn't use a Ouija board. That was her number Uh one rule. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and I loved it. And then my husband is really interested in it. As I was telling you, he actually grew up in a haunted house. So he has a love for it. And one day we were like, you know what? We both also studied history to some degree in college. Mm -hmm. Why don't we look at the history of these places and the hauntings? And we got really interested in it. And so we thought, why not, you know? do that. We can go to these places and tell people. It's really analogous to yours, actually, because you go through the history and then talk about the spooky. It's like the same formula. Yes, absolutely. Because like Sarah uh, and all our other guests, history is important, right? To understand why this would be haunted. Why would there be ghosts here? Like, for example, I covered uh, Bachelor uh, Grove Cemetery as well as Lincoln Park Zoo, which have a lot of crazy, like, like open graves, like bones, like Lincoln Park Zoo, for example. Uh, go back and listen to the episode Crazy to my uh, spooky friends out there. There's upwards of 14,000 human bones, Sarah, underneath that park. <laughs> Yeah, when you told me that, or well, you didn't tell me that when I heard that on the podcast, I was so shocked. And I think your description of the the website is great. It's like, they say all these nice things, and it's like, yeah, yeah. you did forget. There's all these people buried here. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is like, let's say you and your husband are out for a nice nightly walk. There's a good chance you would step or trip over someone's femur bone or arm bone. I don't know that's about you, Sarah. Crazy. <laughs> that's freaky. <laughs> yeah, that's really freaky. Or better yet, I don't know if you have a dog. I have a dog. Your dog come back with a bone in its mouth and it's somebody's, like I said, right. bone, whatever. Yeah, I feel like your first reaction to stuff like that is always, oh my gosh, someone's been murdered. Like I'm living out an episode of CSI. Right, right. But there it's like, oh my gosh, this bone is hundreds of years old. Yes. And that's just crazy to me. 
And that's, again, that's part of the history. If you didn't know that, you would be like, what, you know, what's going, like you said, it's CSI. Oh my God, there's a serial right. killer and he bar- buried the bones in this area. I'm freaking out. I'm calling the police, right? And it's really, no, they've been there for hundreds of years. And people just kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's Whatever. just also a zoo there now. <laughs> yeah, there's a zoo over tops. So little kids go over bones every day. Ah, whatever. <laughs> um, so tell me about your podcast and what, you know, a little bit about it so my spooky friends can you know, take a listen. Sure. So we are primarily focused in Pennsylvania. Uh, we have so much history here that we have no shortage of haunted locations. And what we do is we go to the location, we take the historical tour and the ghost tour if we can, so we can get multiple perspectives. And then we dig in even further. We try to talk to locals, et cetera, and we kind of synthesize all that information to talk about various locations. And twice a season, we do outside Pennsylvania because there's so many other cool, spooky locations to cover. So it's the history and the haunting. And then we talk about if we would go back and specifically a lot of them have like overnight things and so we talk about whether we would stay overnight <laughs> yeah yes that that is awesome and again i can't highly recommend sarah's podcast enough it is awesome it is spooky it's full of history and remember folks philadelphia had the civil war in there so people forget right they don't really think mm-hmm. of pennsylvania the civil war aren't you talking about like the south no <laughs> obviously major battles were in yeah. Your area. <laughs> yeah, in Fort Mifflin, which we covered, and we unfortunately haven't had a chance to go on a ghost tour there yet, but mm. it's been involved in every war in American history to some degree, which is just insanity to me <laughs> that it's from, you know, revolutionary all the way to it was used as bases during the world wars. Insane. Um, so my mom, she passed a number of years ago, but my mom loved Gettysburg and loved your area, Pennsylvania. She always used to go around. She liked looking at the Amish, you know. Mm-hmm. But my mom tells me a story, and I don't know if, if you know of this field or whatever. But, so my mom, she's a very, she was a very independent woman. So she just went. She was a single mom who raised two kids. So she's like, yeah, been there, done that. You're not scaring me, right? So she'd go on <laughs> her own, <laughs> like into these spooky places. Um, and so when she was walking in Gettysburg, around Gettysburg and around, you know, some of the battlefields in, um, Pennsylvania, she got to a field and she said it was quiet. And when I mean quiet, I mean, no birds chirping, no wind blowing, no animals rustling, no nothing. And my mom said she went in there and uh, um, she started to get like nauseous. And she felt really weird, and she said, okay, I, I got to go. So she researched that area, because that's where my mom was. I got my love of history from my mom. Mm-hmm. She said that was one of the bloodiest battle areas in Gettysburg. Like, it was hand-to-hand fighting. It was men versus men, man-on-man, beating the crap out of each other to, you know, both of them die, or they, you know, whatever, right. right? Whatever happens. It was terrible. The worst. And my mom goes, yeah, uh, hmm, <laughs> I guess that's why I felt that way. Um, and that's part of the love of my paranormals from my mom, because my mom would share that with me uh, and say, you know, hey, check that out and everything. So I did, you know, later in life. 
Um, and just got so enthusiastic, kind of like yourself. You know, you just kind of read the history of, hey, I don't want to get a ghost in here. <laughs> right? Yeah. It just hooks you. And I love that. So tell me about a favorite or spooky personal story you have there. Oh, so one of the freakiest that we had is we toured Nima Collin Castle. It's the only castle in Pennsylvania. It's like an hour and a half south of Pittsburgh. And it's a beautiful home. I can't yeah. recommend it enough to history enthusiasts. The tour was like two hours long about this family. First, it was a trading post. And then each generation of the family built on until they had a literal castle. And sure. it's amazing. They do Christmas mm -hmm. tours. They do ghost tours. They do historical tours. And the woman had said she didn't want to tell us a ton of the ghost stories because she wanted us to come back for sure. the ghost tours. And so we're in the nursery and, you know, I'm taking pictures throughout mm. trying to see one, if I catch anything Two, the objects are just cool. I like the history of it. And all of a sudden my phone just stopped. Mm. My phone camera just stops working. My phone goes black as mm. a skeptic. I think, okay, sure. you know, it's, it's just turning off. And so yeah. I, turn to my co-host and I say, Erica, can you get out your phone and take some pictures? Yeah. She taps her phone. It goes black. Mm. Then we're standing there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm catching my hair on something. Mm. Phone still mm -hmm. won't turn mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. We go into the next room. Immediately, both of our phones start working again. And as we're leaving, we ask the mm. woman, what's the deal with the nursery? Like, is there bad signal in there or something? Yeah, yeah. And she said, oh my gosh, the little kids in there play jokes on people. They always mess with people's phones. And she said, one person, one of the ghosts loves yeah. to pull hair so much that some yeah. people take photos and their hair will be like this standing oh. out straight. Oh, that's amazing. And it's like, it was so cool and authentic because we had absolutely no way of knowing that going in. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. It was just us and this old woman in this house, and that was completely mm -hmm. it in the middle of nowhere. So it was pretty freaky and cool to just experience exactly, you know, what the ghost tends to do. See, that's, that's amazing. And uh, I like to have skeptics on here. I think we're both like, and all my guests have been this way. You don't get on, we're, get on YouTube and there's some spooky picture and you're like, yep, that's real. Right. We're like, Come on, it's some kid with his yeah. you know, got a filter. But some of it is like, huh, that's really interesting. So, all right, so let's get to the spookiness. So, Sarah, there's a hotel in Wisconsin has the name Hotel Hell. Because it has burned down three times, and people claim there's an actual portal to hell on the premises. Not to mention, the hotel was once owned by Al Capone. Yes, that Al Capone during the Prohibition era. What do you think? Pretty interesting place, right? <laughs> yeah, and actually, because my a lot of my family's from Wisconsin, I initially grew up there, so... Yeah. It's not that far from Appleton, and I have a lot of family in Appleton, so I actually have heard of this place before, but I've never had the chance to go. Yes. Um, so my sources, before we get to the good old history of it, is from Wisconsin Haunted Houses, uh, Wisconsin Frights, 
as well as Fright Find, and only in your state. Again, I will put the links in there for people to look at it and uh, do your own research. So, let's get into the brief history of Hotel Hell. So, it was built in 1900. The Maribel Caves Hotel is known as, I said, Hotel Hell because there's some eerie occurrences here, which I'll get into a little bit later here. But check this out. I, I love this. If you and your husband, if I can't do this, you got to promise me you and your husband will try it. Or <laughs> we got to figure out a co-hosting like, thing. At night, the whole place, the whole hotel, is supposed to glow by the light of a full moon. A ghostly reminder of a 1920s fire that the burning uh, of the building burned down three times. Now, not only burned out three times, Sarah, but three times on the exact same date. <laughs> the same date. The oh same my gosh. Date. To me, so what that, is the date? <laughs> uh, I was looking at it, and then uh, it was it was in September, uh, like twelfth. It wasn't like thirteenth. It was like a regular date. So it wasn't like okay. anything. I was thinking September thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. No, it was just like mm-hmm. September twelfth, nineteen whatever. Unfortunately, so there wasn't any. I tried to do like numerology too, like it was 666 now. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> just a basic day. So, uh, but the first fire, uh, oh, I should say it was rebuilt twice, but uh, you'll find out maybe it shouldn't have been rebuilt here uh, a little bit. But the first fire was in the 1920s and the last was in 1930. So, again, same date, but it also burned down, like I said, a third time in the, uh, I believe, the 80s, I believe. And now, in the 1931, Sarah, everybody died in their sleep. Everybody. No one, yeah, no that one seems survived. weird that no one woke up and got out. Was there That's a reason for say. it? Well, you got to remember, there are no smoke alarms. There's no sprinklers. Oh, right. There's no nothing. So smoke uh, asphyxiation. So like if you're laying in bed and you're do- you're just dog tired, right? We've all been there, mm-hmm. done that, and you just that smoke gets in there and you don't smell it for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna suck out the oxygen, and there you go. So wow, do I believe that crazy. everybody died in their sleep. That is the fact. That died so. Let's talk about some interesting facts about Hotel Hell. First of all, this is so weird. I didn't even know this. Maybe you know this, Sarah, but uh, it was used as a spa in the late 1800s for movie stars. I'm like, late 1800s for movie stars? And I was like, I think they mean like plays. Don't you think they mean like plays? Because movies? They must. Was movies in the 1800s? <laughs> no, yeah. No way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they must they must mean like plays, right? They must mean like you right. know stars of plays or something. But anyway, so it was this great spot because it sits on these mineral springs, which I'm getting ahead of myself. But so it sits on these mineral springs, and they have these great little spa areas. Think of like, oh, if you know anything about the Roman baths or anything like that. Mm-hmm. If you're a really historical nut like I am, where you know it's on a mineral spring and these. People would go in there to be naturally, you know, have all these great natural things that make your body feel great and relax. So, so yeah, but it said movie stars and I kind of went. 
Yeah. Boy, Maybe like socialites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So rich, the socialites would go here and they would sit in the spa and relax. Uh, then the hotel was owned by Al Capone during the Prohibition era. It served as a hideout for Al Capone and he ran a moonshine business out of the hotel. And this is awesome. This is pure genius and a water bottling company next door. So here's his. Oh illegal. my gosh. <laughs> then this is legal, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, you got to give it to the man. That is genius. So he had this mineral water he's selling during the day, right? Hey, everybody's got mineral water. Oh, El Capone, what a nice guy. Okay. And then at night, he's like, hey, <laughs> it's a moonshine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Same bottle. Be careful which one you pick up. Yeah, right. You're like, oh, this. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. This thing is challenged. A lot of people don't think this is true, but if this is true, maybe I need to go there. Maybe we need to go there. Uh, oh, hosting thing to go. Underground passageways built beneath the hotel during the bootlegging days contained the lost treasures of Al Capone and John Dillinger. So if you know anything about John Dillinger, he was a bad guy. He was a nasty dude. And those two guys together supposedly took all their ill-gotten gain and all their money and put it underneath this place. So people claim there's treasure. Now, right, you think somebody would have found it by now, but who knows? I don't know. You know, I just thought that was interesting that Al Capone and John Dillinger. (laughs) Yeah, and why not us to find the treasure, you know? (laughs) Why not? Hey, you know, it's good support for the podcast. Uh, (laughs) So as you see, it's, again, it's very Al Capone, John Dillinger, people dying in their sleep, uh, burned down twice on the same day, or burned down three times on the same day, and so on and so forth. A portal to hell, which I always love that. Because it's always like, we can't find heaven, but there's like portals to hell everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, everywhere, right? And isn't there a theory that... Al Capone made a deal with the devil to escape capture. Yes. Am I am I jumping ahead? No, 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 no. It's, it, uh, it, it is a true story that I'd love to do some Al Capone paranormal stuff. Because also Al Capone was known to believe in witchcraft and known to believe in the paranormal. Uh, and a lot of people don't bring that up. And in fact, I would like to look up someday, i do an episode on this. So the St. Valentine's Day uh, massacre, I know I'm getting off here on a side note, but anyway, the garage that this, all these men were, well, murdered, uh, supposedly the bricks are cursed, and the hotel, uh, not the hotel, but the garage is all cursed. So, like, people, when they were uh, renovating this garage where this St. Massacre happened on St. Valentine's Day, some people took the bricks, uh, bricks, excuse me, you know, for novelty, right? Well, these bricks are so cursed that people who have them, people die in the family, they get in a car accident, they lose their job, they're, they get divorced, like every terrible thing. Uh, and, and people don't know where the bricks are anymore. They just don't know. Like some guy just said, oh, get them out of my house. And we right. nobody knows where those bricks are. Bricks are so. <laughs> See, this is a common trend. When you visit a site of 
something terrible happening, just leave everything. Just yeah. don't take anything. Why yeah. risk it? Why risk it? Exactly. So one thing that was really funny, one of the sites I researched, they said there also is a true history of the Maribel Caves Hotel. Seems to be much less interesting, but I'll read it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, again, yes, it did open in 1900, uh, 1900, and it was a hotel and therapeutic spa for travelers. So it typically was not for the elites and the socialites. Uh, and it became a tavern, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. But <laughs> it has remained open in one form or another until the blaze destroyed uh, another fire, destroyed it in the interior in 1985. But the building was eventually gutted in 2006 for moving all the debris inside and leaving an only old stall, own stone wall standing. So it's much of an empty shell reduced to like piles and stuff. And then a storm, a really bad storm came through there in 2013. And now it's just a former shell of itself. Um, I will tell people at this point, if you do go on this property, it is private property. So yes, you can get into trouble. But the person who owns it, I, I think there's a way to contact this person and ask them nicely, hey, can I go on it? But I would highly recommend some of my paranormal investigating friends out there, my spooky friends, don't go on it because I don't want you to get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. We always say that too. We're like, we're not going to go anywhere. We shouldn't go. <laughs> exactly. So again, as you see the true history, it doesn't talk about Al Capone. It doesn't talk about Dillinger. It doesn't talk about people dying in here. It's kind of, well, let's be honest, boring, but we don't like boring. We like fun, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's what they want us to think. They want us to think that it was yeah. just a tavern and that Al Capone didn't own it. So, you know. Yeah, we're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to some of the spooky stuff, some of the paranormal experiences. So the first one, there is a little boy was playing on the roof. This is... I always love this, Sarah, about 1800s and 1900s. Like, parents were like, ah, I got to play on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, what? What? Yeah. So he was playing on the roof of the bodily factory. Like I said, it's kind of next door to this place and was killed when it caught on fire. Somebody stop party thing. Uh, so again, fire was prevalent because they have sprinklers, smoke alarms. The fire department was like you and me and your husband. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It was just like, who, there's no professionals. So it's like, oh, well, I better try. And then it's never going to happen. But his ghost can be seen in a second floor window. And people, I will put some stuff on my uh, social media site. You can see this little boy like staring out the window, like he's like lost, or is you know what I mean? You probably mm -hmm. have that same thing where you bumped into when you've done your research, like a little boy or a little girl looking out the window, mm -hmm. and it's so sad, right? Because they're like thinking, "Hey, mom's gonna be home soon, and I'm not yeah. dead." <laughs> yeah, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. Where's mom? And where's the other? You know, kind of a weird thing, right? They don't realize they're dead. So, yeah. The next one, and I love this. So visitors to Hotel Hell will see blood on the walls and hear yelling from the basement and ringing of a bell. Now, you're probably thinking, Sarah, wait a minute. 
was there anybody killed in the basement? Was there, <laughs> and why is somebody ringing a bell? Uh, yeah. Why is there blood on the walls? There was nothing in my research that I found other than people who have gone down there, have seen it. Uh, and typically, uh, as you know, through your research for your uh, podcast, is the basement is usually the bad place to go yeah. for experiences as well as investigations. You got to be really strong-willed and and just have to deal with what's going on there, right? Right. And if Al Capone really did own it, which I like that theory, so I'm running with it, then who knows what he hid down there. There could be bodies down there, for all we know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, let me ask you a quick question, Sarah, just off the top of your head. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but was there any like buildings that you've heard of this before where the like, blood is running down the walls and you hear screams? Maybe not in the basement, but maybe in the other area. There was one, there's a bloody handprint that they've it's the Jim Thorpe jail and mm. there's a handprint on it. Some guy said, I'm innocent. And if I'm innocent, let my bloody handprint stay forever. And they've apparently plastered right. over it, painted over it, et cetera. And it still will drip blood allegedly to this day. So yeah, somewhat I similar. That. Yes. I love that. I've heard that before. That is an amazing story. So now here is, this is always the case, right, Sarah, in every horror movie, in every spooky story, if you look in the old well, a portal to hell will open up and try to swallow you. <laughs> Listen, I I saw the ring. I think I was seven or eight years old when I saw Ooh. the ring. And it has ruined wells for me for the rest of my life. So I'd believe it. I would believe it. <laughs> it and it's. So, people, it's so my spooky friends and Sarah just explain the well is like a, uh, how do I describe? So, it's not like a well in the sense like it has like it's all bricked up and it has like a little roof on it and a little bucket. Mm -hmm. No, it's like this hole in the ground. (laughs) Okay, so very rudimentary. Right. Yeah. So, it's like la la la. When they say swallow you, I always laugh at it because they've tried boarding it up they've tried cementing it up they've tried all these different things and it's not working because people for whatever reason dig it up or something something goes weird about it so uh, i'm like why would they do that so yeah why (laughs) (laughs) so ghosts of people who died in the hotel are sometimes encountered underground in the nearby maribel cave so the maribel caves again is the um spring Okay, so throw it on top of the spring. So <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I could see that. You know, people being died there. Yeah. And skeletal remains of some of the victims can still be found on, and this is funny, on the third floor and in the basement before the structure was gutted. So imagine that, right? You're, you're, you're uh, just some regular worker and you're, Gutting this place, you know, so people don't hurt themselves. Just finding skeletons. All these remains. (laughs) And what's interesting, again, I'm going to reiterate, I love the Midwest. I wore my Packers green today. Yay! What do you guys have going on there that we don't hear? Because I've never heard of this, but Lincoln Park, this place, it's like, why are these remains just out? We're lazy, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) 
you guys You're are totally like, oh, lazy. I don't want to, don't want to inconvenience that skeleton. I'll leave yeah. it there. It's too Midwest nice. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like if I move it, I'll make it worse. So maybe if I just right. leave it, I put a wood on. Yeah, um, yeah. So that is a lot in um, farms in the Midwest. So again, just get a quick sidetrack. Uh, one of the things is a lot of farmers would bury their kids, the dead. So you hear a lot of stories where someone buys this old farmhouse to fix up to make a bed and breakfast or whatever. I've read a ton of these stories. And then they'll like go out in their yard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Taking oh my up gosh. bones after bones. And also, remember... Uh, we weren't very nice to the Native American people and still not yeah. very nice to Native American people. So the whole Wisconsin, of uh, northern Wisconsin, is a huge Native American burial ground. Uh, we did a story on Mackinac Island, which is this gorgeous place. Uh, if you and your husband ever want to go on a vacation, kind of, you know, just get out and just see a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Mackinac Island is just gorgeous. However. <laughs> The entire island is on bones. Native American burial oh. sites. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a shame. Right? Oh, my God. So, back to the story here. So, years ago, let's make it worse, right? <laughs> years ago, one of the hotel guests went psycho and killed everybody. Let me repeat that everybody in the hotel during a mass murder frenzy committing suicide afterwards the spirits of those killed in the hotel have never left the building so i tried to research this sarah i could not find anything and i found a couple things where a couple people just lost their minds and and uh you know like i don't know like uh, how do i say like had like a seizure or something or they, mm-hmm. they, they like would attack people, but they didn't kill them. Um, I did find some information of maybe El Capone got really angry one day at some of his help, if you want to say that, and killed them like we were just talking about. But I didn't see this, but I, <laughs> but this is kind of the universal theme, right? It is like, Again, somebody got angry, somebody murdered somebody, whether it's everybody, I don't think so, but let's say one or two people. But yeah, right. this adds to the legend, right? Yeah, and if it is a portal to hell, I mean, who knows what energy is coming in and out of there, so yes. very reasonable. Yes, and then this is my favorite one. <laughs> this is like, we should make a movie, okay? The spiritual activity attracted a group of local black witches who conjured and conducted secret rituals because they're secret, right? They have to be secret to curse yeah, yeah. the hotel. And in the process, they opened up the portal to hell through the old fountain or well in front of the hotel. This unleashed a horde of evil spirits that terrorized the town of Maribel. Fortunately, Sarah, a white witch, came to the rescue, sealing off the portal and confining the demons to the boundaries of the hotel and the surrounding property. So there you go. We're okay. (laughs) Great. 
I was going to say, it sounds like even before these witches got involved, it was already, you know, pretty haunted. But now it's great. Now it's like, definitely don't go. You might catch on fire. Someone might murder you. And there's all these evil spirits. Yeah, exactly. But hey, they're confined (laughs) to that area. So let's not, you know, let's not panic everybody here. (laughs) Um, Which is funny because uh, a couple of podcasts ago, episodes, I interviewed a real witch. Um, She's from the Netherlands. She is a good witch. Don't worry about it, Sarah. Uh, (laughs) But she talked about a lot of things like, no, like I'd ask her, you know, is she in the basement covered with blood doing all these things? She's like, no. (laughs) She's like, no, I don't do that. And I said, well, what do you do? And she's like, well, I have like these spell jars. So if I'm trying to help someone who's having a, I don't know, let's say a bad time of it. She goes, I'll, I'll work on different spells to cheer them up and I'll use different crystals. But also I, you know, I worship Lilith and I do some other. And I was like, see, to me, people get upset about when you say Satanism or you say witchcraft. Everybody freaks right. out. And really, she's just a nice person. Just this is what she believes. Mm-hmm. And this is what she does. And she was yeah. absolutely fascinated. So I was just, isn't that strange? Have you ever bumped up yeah. against that in your research about witches? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, witches and even the Wiccan religion get such a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, everyone thinks, oh, it's evil and they're whatever, sacrificing things. But, you know, we've had some really interesting like personal experiences with it. And then also on the podcast, there's apparently Erie Cemetery. There's like a ring of witches where they do stuff there. But it's not bad per se. I mean, people say that they just put their dead there because that's where, you know, they've written in Satan's book and that's where he's going to come claim them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it gets a bad rap. But if they're not hurting anyone, that's fine. But even better if they're helping people. You know, I'd love someone to have a spell jar to make me happier. That sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing, this is super hilarious. I have to mention this. She's never heard of a Ouija board. They don't have a What? No, they do not. That's crazy. She she has to, like, play with one now just to figure out, like. I was going to send her one. And she said, cool, send me one. Because this is the other thing that blew her mind. I, I said, I can go into any toy store, most any toy store, a Walmart. Target and buy a Ouija board. And she was mm-hmm. like, What? <laughs> She's like, Yeah. No, I don't believe you. I'm like, nope. Oh, yeah. You can. <laughs> you can go right you now. Get them off Amazon. You can get yeah. them off Amazon. Yeah. And we were talking about uh, Ouija boards. I said in America or in the States, we have Ouija boards and demon boards. And they're, you know, they're different ones. And she was like, And we, we tell people, uh, that's not really a great idea. And she couldn't understand that. She goes, how do you summon in there? I kind of explained it to her and she went, huh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she didn't get a wrap her mind around it because she does these intricate spells and everything. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't understand, like, you move a planchette and, you know, you ask right. questions. She was like, huh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hers is probably more controlled. The, Correct. I feel like the reason Ouija boards are so dangerous is you don't know what you're going to get. With hers, she's much more practiced. But I'd be interested to know what she would think of using one. Yeah. And she was like, 
I'm going to send her one. I told her I will send her one uh, as a present for being on my show. And she was like, great. You know, she was, cause she was like totally confused. And she was like, ah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the difference, right? Between their culture, like they don't have trick or treating. So they don't do trick or treating mm-hmm. in the Netherlands. They have more of like a Thanksgiving atmosphere. So they'll invite all their family over and then they'll worship their way. So she's yeah. like, no, I don't go out with my kids and get candy. She goes, no. And I, so isn't that strange, right? Two different cultures. We believe in the paranormal and spirits, but they don't do Halloween or Ouija boards. And you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just interesting to me. I've always thought our celebration of Halloween is kind of weird here. Like who, and I guess I should look up the origin of kids wearing costumes and getting candy, but it just seems strange and deviated from the original holiday. Yes. Yes. I totally, totally agree. But with that, I do like candy. (laughs) Right. And yeah, I love a costume, so I'm not complaining. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things is uh, Chad Lewis, he's a paranormal investigator. Uh, he was at Hotel Hell. And he says it's one of his favorite landmarks because he says many haunted tales surround the building, obviously, including legends about visiting at night. Like I've seen, seen the ghostly image of a child, uh, visited on the second floor. Also, the blood on the walls, screaming, the way the hotel looks like it's on fire in the full moonlight. Um, and he said that he's had several scary stories and witnesses who walked through the now abandoned building. But again, it's a private building, so please get permission. Anybody get into trouble? And he says, he quote, this is his quote. <clears throat> you have all the weirdness trapped within the history and mystery combined to give it a really creepy atmosphere. I had someone contact me claiming they were walking through the building and they swore they heard somebody in front of them and then they heard a voice calling them and they followed the voice and they actually saw the shadow of this person or whatever it was walk into a room and when they went into the room nothing was there uh and other paranormal activity reported including cold hands applying pressure on your back and on the third floor, feelings of being threatened in the basement. And apparently, if you shine a flashlight at the second floor window where this kid is, something or someone will shine a light back at you. <laughs> That's interesting. That reminds me of like the 90s of like, you know, you like flick the flashlight mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. cell phones to get your friend's attention. Yeah. But from yeah. the 1800s, they like, huh, definitely right? wouldn't have had that. <laughs> yeah, maybe have a lantern. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Stories also say if you went out to the location, Sarah, and if you brought a book with you, it would burst into flames. So as soon as you go in there and open the book, I got to try that. Now I'm like, I got to do it. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... You know, what I love about this is just like every hotel is like in, in Pennsylvania and Midwest, there's so many great stories and so many different things that happen um, that really make it exciting. 
So before we get to a personal experience, uh, someone who's at Motel Hell, um, again, is there any hotel, what would you think is the most haunted or spookiest hotel you have in your area? Or, uh, you know, in general area. Ooh. So there is... It's in Pennsylvania, not close to me, but there's a hotel in the Poconos mm. that's apparently haunted and they do ghost tours and stuff. There's a woman that was murdered in one of the rooms early mm-hmm. on. And so she haunts the first floor and sh- she's known to trick people, like lock them in the bathroom. And we yeah. had some debate over, is she trying to protect people or is she helping the killer? Sure. Um, yeah, and even the golf course there is haunted, actually. There's a couple who used to like to play golf, and rumor has it that they you can still see them playing golf. So it's <laughs> been around since, like, the 20s, nice. and anything that old is bound to have a history. It's called um, Skytop or Shawnee Inn. And mm. it, yeah, it also there was Native Americans there incorrectly identified as Shawnee. They were Lenape. And mm. so that ties in as well, as you were saying, the mistreatment. Some of those ghosts are pretty restless. So it's cool to me because it's a camp, like a campus of a hotel, yeah. really. It's a okay. resort. And every area you go to has its own haunting, which I think mm. is cool. Mm. So, again, I have another question to ask you again before we get the personal experience. Sarah, tell me your bucket list of paranormal places you want to investigate. Give me like a top three. Ooh, so I went to the Lizzie. Yeah, I went to the Lizzie Borden house oh, nice. when I was little, and okay. I really want to go back because there's okay. no way I appreciated it enough. No, um, I was more into the true crime when we went and less into the paranormal. So I appreciated the murder, the unsolved murder, but mm-hmm. it's super haunted. That's up there. There's also in Pennsylvania a place called the Seven Gates of Hell. And maybe if I am brave enough, I'll go to that. But it does sound a little nerve wracking. Um, And then I actually want to go back to the Pabst Mansion. I lived near Milwaukee when I was little. So we used to go historically to see it. But I've heard that it's really haunted as well. So it's kind of revisiting these places that I've been before in childhood Mm -hmm. and looking at it through a different lens where I can... Mm -hmm. Appreciate the history still, but looking at it paranormal as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, really quickly, mine is Bobby Mackey's. Just because I hear the craziest stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with that story at all. They're like portal mm-hmm. to hell. They, it's it's so haunted. It's so full of demons. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it's insane. Like supposedly they cut some woman's head off. And threw it down the well because she was pregnant and the guy didn't want to marry her. So he, right. oh, what else? Like, what would you do, Sarah? Yeah. Of course. Cut his head off. Cut her head off. Yeah. Her, what? Right? Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, also I want to go to the Vanderbilt Mansion. So that's uh, mm. this huge mansion in, I believe it's South Carolina. I did a lot of traveling around there. Um and it has like secret doors, secret entrances. It's just oh, if you Google cool. it, if you Google it, you'll be like, "Oh my god, it's like out of a movie!" Like it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's huge. It takes like an entire day to do the tour. So you get out there at eight o'clock in the morning, uh, eight o'clock, and you're done about five. Hours. 
That's how big it is. Wow. <laughs> so you got to take a lunch or people are yeah. like passing out because that's how big it is. But it's just huge. And I want to spend the night there. And then also, oh, there's so many things here in Wisconsin that I want to try. But one of the things is I want to go to, I don't know if you're familiar with the serial killer, Ed Gein. Yeah. At all? Okay. So, and Plainfield's about an hour away from me, about two hours away from me. And the where he, uh, where his house was, mysteriously burned down. They were going to, some guy was going to turn his house into a museum. And, you know, so people could yeah. go into his actual house. Uh, and then it burned down mysteriously. But the area in that area, people are like, yeah, you go in that area and it just freaks you out. Absolutely freaks you out. So that's to me, crazy. It's just, yeah, those areas I want to, and then of course, more. I would love to go to Europe, spend a night in a haunted castle, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wisconsin has a weird ratio of serial killers, actually. We do. Right? Because Dahmer, Gein, yeah. By the way, if you ever do a serial killer uh, podcast with Gein and Dahmer, I have two great personal stories to share with you. Not for me, but two of my friends. You won't sleep at night when I go. Let's just put it that way. It's, that they're both crazy stories. And we actually got a chance. We went to a haunted museum in Vegas. Yeah. And they have some of Gein's stuff there. Yeah. And just to be in the room of it, you just feel off. Like, right. so much negativity with all of it. And the thing is, really quickly, he used to babysit people's kids. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's Can like John Wayne Gacy. He was a clown. Like, uh. Oh. So, <laughs> that was him. Uh, so, <laughs> personal experiences at uh, Motel Health. Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty good one. It's always hard to find you some really good personal experiences. I think this was pretty good. So, uh, this person says they visited the Maribel Caves in 2000, so not too, uh, too uh, long ago. And they had six people with them. And then they said when they got to the first cave, they said they could see our truck in the parking lot through leaves. And I walked three steps inside the cave and lost hours. So <laughs> this is so weird. She says, it was, I'm guessing it's a young girl. So she walked inside the cave. She was looking, okay, where's, where's, where's this? And then she just like, she said she, when she woke up in the, at the same, she's, this is kind of worded weird, so apologize. Uh, we all woke up in the same time of darkness with light rain and hearing the river to the right of us, we all started yelling, WTF happened. <laughs> As one of the guys ran to the top and turned, and this is like they ran out and they turned on the headlights, they could see, um, you can see where they head to the woods where they couldn't see the trail anymore. So I'm guessing they're going through the woods. They can't see where uh, the trail is anymore. They lost time. They said they, they felt like something was behind them, a presence, and they couldn't see anything. And then a couple of times people got hurt. And again, I'm paraphrasing right here. People got some mm-hmm. people like trip, you got hurt, and they couldn't account for them. And they said that they lost like all these hours after the cave and they were just wandering around there, kind of like the Blair Witch Project, which I'm kind of getting the feel of here. And then they all eventually got out of the woods and it was 
Same time of day they walked in. It was a beautiful summer day, August day. And then just they didn't know what happened. Like as soon as they said they went into the cave, all these weird things started to happen. I lost track of time. People started like screaming and yelling, trying to get out. Um, they couldn't find where the entrance was. Everything got dark. Um, and they said that, you know, there's been like all these different things, ghost sighting, creature sighting, feeling of these weird presence. Um, and they said they would never go back there again. So that's crazy. Imagine how disorienting. And then yeah. to have it be like a fever dream that six people had at once when you walk out and it's the same time. That yeah. must have been a crazy trip to take. Yeah. And I've heard this before. People have said they've gone in a certain area. They've walked around and then they're like, they look out and it's dark and they're like, oh man, storm came in or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they look at their watches and it's like, wait a minute. I think it's night because <laughs> their watches have changed. Or yeah. Something. You know what I mean? It's just this weird, weird experiences that people have um, going through there and stuff. So I was just like, yeah, a lot of people think Maribel Caves and that surrounding area is built on some limestone and water. I don't know if you know this, but those are conductive to spirits in the paranormal. So a lot of times where you hear maybe places uh, where you are, if there's running water, like a stream or something going mm -hmm. through there, as well as limestone. Yeah, that goes yeah. with the paranormal. Yeah, and it sounds like even if it's not you know, the portal to hell in the well, it definitely sounds like a gray area between yeah, yeah. something. So maybe it's like you go into these caves and like you're saying, the, all the spirits, the limestone, etc. It's almost like a different space between the beyond and where we are. Yeah, that's absolutely. crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And it would make it really hard to find uh, Al Capone and John Diligent treasure if you're kind of like, yes, ah, uh, our plan <laughs> is foiled. <laughs> Damn it. Well, we'll have to pull, have ropes to each other, right? We'll have to yeah. <laughs> have someone at the mouth of the cave yeah, keeping yeah. us on track. Okay, pull rope. Oh my god, the rope is. Uh, well, that's yeah. like a great horror movie. I'm writing that thing down. Yeah, um, awesome. So, I always ask this of my guests on certain topics. What do you think, Sarah? Do you believe this place is haunted, or what, what do you think about this place, the Maribel Cave? Yeah, I think so. So, what I I like to look at things skeptically. We actually mm -hmm. just met with a paranormal investigator. His name's Cody. He's the sharp side of the paranormal. And we talked a lot about skepticism. Sure. Because for people like us that are, you know, in this realm, I like that you called it a coven, in this coven, yeah, yeah. Um, we have to kind of edit ourselves and question ourselves or else yeah. how is anyone ever going to believe us, you know, if we're right. supporting negative things that aren't true mm -hmm. so i always try to be very skeptical but i think with a place like this where it's burned down on the same date three times there mm -hmm. i'm not a mathematician but the odds of that come on right. there's no way right. and all of the experiences people have had yeah i think it must be haunted yeah that's awesome that's what i think too i i think there's just too much I don't know, history, and sometimes history, it doesn't have to be negative, right? A lot of people think, oh, people were murdered or people, whatever. Sometimes it's just those people lived there for so long in that house or lived in that area for so long that their energy was kind of, I was told by one of my guests, that energy doesn't really 
disappear. It, it kind of mm-hmm. soaks into the surroundings, per se, like a sponge. So, like, if mm-hmm. you live in your house for 50, 60 years, there's a good chance you're probably right. going to haunt it because your energy's there, right? And it's absorbed into the walls and, and the whole entire house to make it yours, right? And then somebody mm-hmm. moves in there and starts renovating the place, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what are you doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's just awesome. Uh, so let me ask you, Sarah, what do you got coming up here on your podcast? Since we have a little time here, why don't you talk a little bit about your podcast and see what cool things and spooky things you have? Sure. So we are kicking off season three uh, at the end of this month, which is super exciting. It's hard to believe that we're already there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're actually, every season, you know, we try to get something new. So we opened. Or in the beginning of season two, we did aliens. It was before mm-hmm. all of the like government discussion of it, uh-huh. but yeah, yeah. we, you know, we try to keep bringing different things in. And so, goblins is our season three opener. There are goblins yeah. in Pennsylvania, nice. which is strange. Yeah, and yeah. then we're taking a team trip down to Savannah. We'll have you on that episode to talk about Thank your you. personal experience, which is yeah. going to be super exciting. Yeah. So lots of lots of great stuff. We have some investigations scheduled for December. So lots of things coming up. Definitely Love. uncovering history as well as we go. Love it. Uh, absolutely love it. I could talk to you for hours, Sarah. This has been a blast. <laughs> I've had a ton yeah, of fun. Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to guesting on your show. Um, so how we end our show is two ways. One, we say, Say hi to your ghost. Hello, ghost. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love be that. Nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we also say, stay spooky. All right, Sarah. <laughs> okay. I'll talk Thank to you later. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. It was an absolute pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.